So good morning, everyone. Thank you for that. Uh, That was a special treat, Lexi. You uh, knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for that. We had a beautiful and wonderful baby dedication today for those of you joining us online, our virtual family. Um, Okay, so again, respecting your time, we are going to, uh, well, we're going to share this message. Brian, let's hit that first slide. It should be Jesus walking around the earth. This is a first-hand account, guys. Um, lots of people say, well, I wonder if we can trust the Bible, but this is a first-hand account. A guy named Matthew was a tax collector, and in meeting Christ Jesus and watching him do what he did, he said, you know something about God, other people, and maybe me, because that water-to-wine thing and that walking on water, now I'm listening. And the things he heard Jesus say and the stuff he saw Jesus do compelled him to give his life for him. And I'm not joking. He was murdered before he would say that Jesus wasn't real and didn't rise again. In fact, every single apostle except for John was murdered because they wouldn't stop speaking in the name of Jesus. Right, Bruce? Amazing. Well, one day, Matthew was with him, and Jesus says this. Religious people love to be religious. Did you know that? Churchy people love to be churchy. So they walk up to Jesus and said this. Hey, uh, what's the most important of all these rules that we love to keep? (laughs) Kirk, (laughs) I can't look at you today, man. (laughs) What's the most important one? Because we want to know what it is so we can find a loophole and beat each other up with it. And Jesus says this. Love the Lord with God with all your heart, soul, and all your mind. Pause. Those are interchangeable terms. Those of you who come here know what I'm about to say. Notice those are the three things you can control. He didn't say your, your, your spirit, which is God's. He says all these things that you can control, turn them and love the Lord with them. Get to know him. Share yourself incrementally with him. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. <clears throat> love those around you as yourselves. Everything that's religious and, 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 and all, that, all that stuff, everything hangs on these two commands. Everything hangs on these two. That's wildly crooked. That's driving me nuts like this. Um, everything hangs on these two commands. And so here's what I want to do today. You know what I love about church at times, especially this church, is I like practical teaching about this. Because here's the thing. Wouldn't it be cruel if Jesus were to just say, hey, love, 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 figure that out, see you. Because don't you understand that we're all just products of our environment, our families, all that sort of stuff. But these are not suggestions. The greatest suggestion is this, Donna, right? No, these are commands. And so once in a while, God will speak, I think, well, lots of times, a very practical message about how to do this. Because, Kirk, isn't it one of those things where we, we, come to, we come to faith in Christ and say, you are who you say you are, and you'll do everything you say you'll do, where we want to serve him, right? And, Sandy, sometimes it's like, but you know what? Sometimes I don't really know how to do this the way I think you want me to do it. I got my baggage. I don't want to do what mom and dad did, but I, I want to follow you. So today I've got three points I want to share with you about this in the name of following. Okay, and I'm going to break it down simple. I'm going to move forward fast. If you really think about it, your life is just a series of moments. We have this sweeping, grandiose, self-centric idea that, you know, it's all this and this and this, but really it's just a series of moments. One moment I already mentioned to you, there was a moment, August 4th, 2007, where just on a day like any other, I will, you know, and, and richer and poorer, sickness and health. There was just a moment. It was just a moment, guys. And it was just a moment on a Tuesday morning where my father went to go be with Jesus and surprised us and changed my life forever. It's just a moment, guys. There was a moment a while later where I met my firstborn, Alexander. And in another moment, there was Isabella. Isn't your life just a series of moments? And if you think about it, if that's the case, and it is because y'all agreeing with me, 
if your life is a series of moments, maybe it's important that we learn how to act within those moments, how to be at our best in moments. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to sum it up with a story. So I got this little nephew. His name's Frankie. He's kind of a nephew, whatever. He's a kid at the time of this. And he was a teenager, so he's full of angst. You know, you know how teenagers can be? Oh. No, you never been a teenager? <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I used to call him every Sunday. And I'd be like, how's it going, Frankie? Do you want to open those windows? I'm sweating like a caged dog in here. That's a joke because dogs don't sweat. Ooh, so you got to be on your toes. Out their paws. Um, so I call him up, and I'm like, he's like, hey, Uncle AJ. And I'm like, Frankie, what's up, man? And I could hear his mom, boom, 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 up the stairs behind him. Did you tell him? What? <laughs> did you tell him that, did you tell Uncle AJ what you did, she says? No, I didn't tell him, Mom. Jeez. Well, tell him. Tell him what you did, Frankie. Ah, uh, fine. This weekend, I got mad, and I threw stuff around my room, and Mom grounded me. And I was like, oh, Frankie, bro, you got to do better than that. Like, and something came out of me, and I said this. I said, I said, Frankie, I get, I get that you're upset and all that stuff, man, but do you want to be the person who reacts to things and throws things around a room? Or do you want to be the person who acts out of who you are and who you want to be? Not what's going on around you. Frankie, do you want to react to situations or do you want to respond to situations? And that's where this message was born. That's when I realized, wow, wait, we have two choices. We can either react to things in, these mo- in moments, which make up our lives, or we can respond. Now listen, naturally the human, you know, remember, do doctors still do that thing? Remember they used to have the little pizza thing? Bang. Does that, does that, that's amazing. <laughs> does anybody else amazed by that? Because he would do it and I'd be like, I'm not going to move it this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'd be like, traitor. Uh-huh. All right, doc, now you're just having fun with it. Knock it off. But uh, our knee-jerk response, as it were, is to react. Right, Chuck? You're going through life, not Chuck in particular necessarily. I just saw him and he's a friend. But you're living your life, you're working, you got the grandkids, whatever you're doing. Life is very much our, quote-unquote, our default is just to react to the situation to the person in front of us. That's option number one. We as Christ followers, in the name of keeping the command of love, I'm going to say this. We have to learn how to respond to situations and not just react. Responding is out of who God is creating us to be. That's the difference. And the Bible often talks about our flesh or our spirit. It's the very same thing. It's the very same thing. We naturally want, you know, react again and stuff like this. But we need to understand we can control how we react and respond. And this is a big deal. I wish somebody had told 17-year-old AJ. AJ is me. I'm AJ. I wish somebody had told me that. I really do. Let's look at Psalm 4.4. I think it's the next one, right, Brian? Teaching book in the middle of the Bible, songs, poetry. It says this, in your anger, don't sin. When you're on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Selah means to pause and reflect. What we're learning here is this. Anger is not sin. Okay, what is, some of y'all don't know. Sin is not a churchy word. Sin was recorded long before the Bible was collaborated, okay? Sin meant to miss, to hit on the target anywhere but the bullseye. Or elsewhere in different documents, it meant to miss the, the target in, in general, whole. Long distance shooter. Kirk shoots long distances. To sin is this. You miss the mark for what God said is true, right, and best in your life. That's it. Some of you got so beat up by quote-unquote sin, sin, sin. It's not even a church word, guys. Watch this. When you get angry, don't let that anger knock you out of what's true, right, and best that God showed you. He's your loving father. Any parameters he put down are for your own good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all got to push off this idea of big, angry God who just wants to boss you around. My kids think that too when I say things like this. Don't go running in the road. Don't punch your sister in the face. 
share the toy, eat the food, go potty. Do I need to go on? Daddy's so mean. Dude, none of those are like things even I want, okay? This is about you and your best life. When you get angry, control how you act. In fact, you know, I'm kind of proud of us. My wife just left, but we've been saying this to our kids lately, and whatever, you know, you parent and I'll parent, but there are things when like, like Izzy especially, she'll go, I wish I could throw something. I have nothing, nothing perishable. But she'll get mad if she can't do something. She'll go, fine, then I'll just, meh. So like, if you're like, don't play with that, she'll be like, fine, then I won't play with anything ever. That's what she says. I'm serious. It's so dramatic. I'm like, ah. Uh. Yeah, because the boy never, never said that. And it's like, you know, share your toy. Fine, he can have all the toys. Uh. And I'm just like, oh. And me and Alex are sitting there like, huh? But anyway. <laughs> and so I say to her, I say, you can feel that way, but you don't get to act that way. That's what I say to her. No, 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 don't, don't, the fit thing, no. The feelings, cool. Daddy cares about your feelings, but that whole thing, no, 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 no. And that's what God's saying here. You feeling anger, it's not sin. You wanting to react, guess what? That means you're human and alive. But use the self-control you have inside of you to veto that and answer out of who God is helping you to be. That's what we're talking about. What you do when you're angry is where you can jack up your life or others. The way you feel is not sin, like I said, but you're responsible for how you respond. And he's saying this too. Another thing cool he's saying is this. In your anger, don't sin. Guess what that shows us? That we have the ability to keep the command. He never says, he never commands us to do anything without giving us the ability to do it. That's good. He wouldn't say this if he, he didn't give you the way to keep the command. Otherwise, he's a real, otherwise he's a really cruel taskmaster, right? But let me back this up. Galatians 5.22. They're listing off the fruit of the spirit. What does it mean to have fruit of the spirit? Very simple. If a tree grows and it grows long enough, it's going to bear fruit. What kind of fruit? What kind of tree is it? An apple tree is going to bear apples, right? Right, Debbie? Doesn't matter. Just going to. It's going to happen. Us, the spirit of the living God is going to bear the fruit of the living God. And that, that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <sighs> yeah. The idea is this. You see, self-control is there. And by the way, there is no S on fruits. Like I don't have the one and not the other, right? I've got this and I don't have that. No, you may, you may have different degrees of victory of these things, but the day that you accepted Christ Jesus and had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as it were, where you receive Christ Jesus, all of these things are now you have access to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? It might be to varying degrees, but guess what your destiny is? What do I say? Forrest Gump always says, what's my destiny, mama? That these will grow inside of you until the day of Christ Jesus. Good, you're kind of with me. The rain's getting loud. Hey, how about this? I drove my motorcycle today. How about this? The app, I showed Melanie, it says 0% chance of precipitation. Right, babe? Mm -hmm. Right, babe? <laughs> Measure twice. Right, Bill? Uh, guess what? I got to drive home. And I might just keep it here until the weather changes. And so my 12th point is, <laughs> and I'm secretly looking for the sun. <laughs> Justin gets it. He used to ride, right, buddy? Feels like getting stung by bees. Okay, really quickly, let's kick it into another gear. Can I tell you what the uh, enemies of response living are? Busyness and rush. Busyness and rush are the, are the absolute enemies of response living. Let me tell you something. I will always react behind the wheel if I'm late. And that dude pulls out. If I've got nowhere to be, I'm cool. But if I've left no margin, ooh, I'm going to react. Busyness and rush are the enemies of response living. Never, notice that wisdom is never seemingly in a hurry. 
You ever notice that? And if you meet a wise person, they usually don't talk that fast. Ironically, I'm a fast talker. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? Thank you. Thank you. You get what I'm saying, right? Response living is powered by wisdom, and wisdom seems to take its time. When you're tempted to react, let me give you a, a, an Oprah Winfrey type of answer here. Just slow down. Remember when we all took a breath at the beginning of service the other day? And y'all looked so peaceful. Because just taking a breath can change your entire day. And you know why? This is, again, this is not the Oprah Winfrey show. Because at that point, you can hear God more clearly in the calm. Right? I had you close your eyes and I said, what's your phone number? And I said, where's your toothbrush? And a couple times ago, I did that to you, but I also started banging the cymbal. And some of you couldn't hear it. When I was banging the cymbal, you couldn't hear the own, your own voice inside your head. Busyness, rush, and chaos are the enemies of response living. Pause, silence the rest of it, learn to react or respond instead of react. Last thought I have about this before we move on is this. By doing this, you keep your peace and your joy. And I'm, I'm coaching you today to hold tight to it and respond instead. Some of you think that peace and joy can be taken from you. Nay, it's only you to give. It's yours to give. And if someone comes along and all of a sudden you lose your peace or joy, you gave it away or you let them take it. No one has the power inside of you. Do you understand that? We all think that just because other people can get to us that it's them. No, it's you. You let that happen. Oh, man, I could hang out here and preach for three weeks. Right, though, Mary Beth? Once we learn that, that no one can take my stuff unless I hand it over to them, it's like, wow, I can actually respond no matter what. Right? Good, good, good. Man, I should have done a whole message on that one. But I got a new one today. I got a new, yes, I got a new teaching point. This one's going to be big. Um, I got a new insight onto how to keep the command of loving others and treating them well. I'm going to start this one with a story and I have my wife's permission. <laughs> okay. So as you know, I have a rental property. I didn't want to have as a rental property, but we have a rental property. And you remember the story. I got a little blah, 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 blah. I got taken advantage of and blah, blah, blah. Well, long story short, I really wanted to rent it because if you don't rent it, you're still paying the taxes and mortgage, right? So you want to rent it. You do. In fact, you drop other things for it. So I show the house last week. The person wants me to show the house to the person who would actually be renting it. So I make, I drop everything and I make an appointment with this person. Then I go home and I'm like, oh, hey, babe, uh, I'm going to show the house tomorrow at, you know, 11 o'clock. And she goes, oh, that's, I've, I've got Christian yoga at EBC that I go to. It's like, oh man, I should have thought of that. I'm sorry. So I text the person back and was like, hey, I know this is really unprofessional. It's still important to me to be professional, by the way. I don't know if that's just, I'm in the generation, that, the last generation that cares about that, but that really bothered me to move an appointment. You know what I'm saying? It didn't hurt anybody, but I felt like it was a shot at my own integrity. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it reflected upon me. And I take that seriously. So that bothered me. Not Melanie's fault, my fault in this. And, hey, can we respond? Yeah, yeah, yes, we can reschedule. And I said, listen, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Nothing back. I really could have dealt with a, that's okay. Do you know what I mean? But she didn't give me a, that's okay. Now, listen, pressure's building. I'm building a story here. So the next day comes. She goes off down the road. It's sausage and uh, egg sandwiches for the kids and me. It's 11 o'clock. Now, side note, how many of you were here for the last two weeks where I talked about the fact that we all can hear Holy Spirit and that there's a wind blowing underneath our lives? I woke up that morning, and y'all don't have to believe me, but I don't think I have the uh, reputation as being a liar. Woke up that morning, and I went, I really feel like yoga's not going to be on today. So much so, I have the evidence in my phone. I text somebody who would know like 20 minutes before she would leave. Hey, is there yoga? Because Holy Spirit just, I knew there wasn't. 
person didn't respond till like five minutes after she went down the road. It was canceled. And I was like, oh, man. Now, we also had gotten a letter from the village. You ready? This, ready? If you work in the government, plug your ears for a second. You too. I got a letter from the village that morning, and it went like this. Hey, we saw you renting your house. Give us money to rent your house. <laughs> huh? You have to register it so you could give us money and rent your house. I was like, oh, I was so mad. You ever get so mad you just can't do it? Like, I just can't. I just can't. I started, they want what now? They want a proof of where I live. They want a deed. They want a parking plan. Like, it's a ranch. There's a driveway. Like, ah, I was just so mad and stressed. This is what happened. Time out. I, I responded, though. I looked at it and said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I, and I, and I said, Melanie, you're going to have to deal with this. I can't do this and look anything like Jesus at all. And, and that's wrong. That's bad. I wish I had more. I don't. Okay, at this point. Judge me. But I, you got to do this. <laughs> I handed it to her. At least I knew enough not to abuse somebody over the phone. And Okay, I didn't. Long story short. So we're back to the day of frustration. And you can see one drop of sweat come down my head. And sure enough, I called her and I was like, the guy responded and said, yeah, yoga's canceled. Sorry. She had driven all the way in there. I got the kids. I pushed my document. Got the village breathing down my neck. Blood pressure's a little up. But I call her, no answer. She calls back, ring, ring. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, what? 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 That's, that's the conversation between me and my wife. I know y'all got good marriages and perfect marriages, but this was reality in my house. What? 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 I said, so yoga's canceled, huh? Yeah. And I was like, why are you being so defensive? <laughs> This is just the conversation. You ever have that kind of conversation? What? Why are you being so defensive? I'm like, well, was it canceled? Yes. Why, why'd you miss the initial call? I don't know. And it just was back and forth, but nothing was actually being said. I found myself in the middle of a Tasmanian devil type argument, but nothing had been said. Just what? 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 And so I, I went, okay, listen, listen. I'm just calling to say that while you're in town, maybe you go to the village, talk to them about that stuff and handle it because they've got the kids my appointment's already pushed, okay? Fine. Fine. Click. <laughs> oh. Anyone ever hang up so fast it breaks your neck? <laughs> That's what happened there. But you ready for this? And I'll, and I'll speed it up because we're running on time here. I then was talking to my best pal Pete about it because I was like, dude, that, that didn't seem very healthy. Uh, she got home. And how many people know that I'm the vocal one? I'm the sensitive one. So we were going to talk about that later. No, not you guys. The kids went to bed and we needed to have a discussion about it. And, she, and I said, listen, why? What was that about, man? I was just, you know, hours had passed. We'd all calm down. What was that about? Like, I just called you. And she said something like this. She goes, well, I just figured you'd be this, 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 this. So you ready for this? You ready for this? I said, so you preacted? Show me, Bri. Show me. Preact to react ahead of time, Bill. Ah, I made that up. Or God, God, next one, there's another, like a song. No, no. <laughs> Do not find that hilarious. So listen, listen I'm going to tie this together because I'm not just up here telling jokes today or bad stories. So we can react, which we know can be sinful, but we can preact and blow the whole thing up before it even happens. Right? Oh, yes, guys. Yes, guys. But man, I, 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 I got to be honest with you, like... This, this is a big deal. And, and, and so, you know, here's what I learned, guys. She was coming at me. <laughs> okay. Things from the past had done this, right? To, to propel her into this. Oh, yeah, there we go. 
before anything in app, pre-acting, here's where you, you write this stuff down if you're writing. This is my gift to you today, okay, this stuff. Pre-acting is a lack of trust in the other person's ability to remain neutral and assess the situation accurately. Yeah, this one gets it. Pre-acting is the lack of trust in the other person to remain neutral and calm and assess the situation accurately. It's true. It's a lack of trust in the other person's treatment of yourself. And so here's what she and I went through. I don't trust you, so I'm coming up to you with my armor on or my sword out. Pre-acting. And, and so what does that do? It puts the other person in a different stance. If your sword's out, I'm going to defend. If you've got your armor on, I'm going to start pounding. And I don't think that's what God's talking about when he says love your neighbors yourself. I don't think so. In fact, let's look at the love passage, 1 Corinthians. Watch this. Love always protects, always trusts and hopes. And I swear to you, I don't know which version, but I always, I think maybe it was the message or something that said love believes the best or believes all things. Gives the benefit of the doubt. You get that? And if we don't do this, even if we walk out of here fully well-versed in the idea of reacting and responding, we can pre-act the whole thing. And really what it is is, again, it looks like a lack of trust. And you know what? Listen, I can hear what you're thinking. I'm going to confess to you right now. She had good reason to not trust me. In the past, I may have been like, told you so, or I may have been, you know what I mean, condescending or cruel or, oh, nice one. Couldn't have been bothered to text and see to like kind of rub her nose in it maybe. Honestly, I'm just telling you. So it's not like she put her armor on for no reason, but she's not responsible for my actions. She's responsible for her own, like I said earlier. So you got all the reason in the world to be defensive because he always or she always, but the Lord Jesus Christ, king of our lives, just said this, always hopes, always trusts. But I've been burned so much love inside of you always hopes and always trusts. And let me tell you this, man. I really hope I can do this. If we do this, if we preact, I'm coining that phrase, bros. That's mine. <laughs> when we preact, we give that other person no chance to grow in the long term or step up for us in the short term. On my, I'm pretty sure that had she not kind of come in so hot, that I had calmed myself down and I was going to show her she could trust me in that situation. I'm pretty sure. I feel like if she'd have said hello, I feel like, because I've been working on it. I, I stood up here and confessed to you that I'm sometimes critical of her. So this is a new process I'm working through. She preacted out of old critical AJ who's still growing. And when she called, I was going to say, hey, that sucks. But listen, maybe it's an opportunity to go to the village. I was going to move past it. Old AJ maybe, but by her preacting, she gave me no chance to step up. And ladies, let me give you a hint. We want to be needed. We all want to save that damsel. No, I'm serious. One thing you could do for your man is, is, is give him the opportunity to be your man and step up for you. We want that, man. I love times when I put my shoulders back and I, I rose up for her. Whether it's carrying in the groceries or pick that up, it's too heavy for me to carry. That'd be easier with the two of us, but with the opportunity, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Had she given me that opportunity, deep down, men do want to do that. Now... We could talk about scars in between and all that, but you're not sitting in my office, so we're going to move forward. You know what else pre-actions do? If you're writing things down, which you should be, they reveal unhealed wounds that led to the lack of trust. Down in rabbit hole we go, Bruce. I get it, man, but it, it reveals unhealed wounds because listen to this. We pre-act because we don't trust the other person. 
we covered we covered that, but where does it come from? Unhealed wounds. For us, I had come to her in the past and I told you and, and done this sort of stuff, but if she had released that hurt previously to God, it wouldn't have still been in her propelling her to preact to me. Forgiveness is not saying, I've covered this a billion times. Forgiveness is not saying, that was okay, that's right. It's not even saying I forgive and forget. It's releasing the person to God. Does that make more sense? Because if you don't, some of y'all, man, your lives have changed when you understood this. And mine too. Forgiveness is not me saying, that's all right, you're off the hook. No, it's me saying, I turned them over to you. Which if you knew everything about that is, is the best thing you can do, I mean, for justice, for real justice, he doles it out. But also, ready? It cuts the cord between the two of you. And it also takes that wound and it, it, it strips away its power in the future for you because it's no longer in here. So preacting, which is not our best lives and will make it very hard to love our neighbors as ourselves, reveals unhealed wounds. So the next time you get all bunched up before you make that phone call or so-and-so's coming and you start to get a visceral response or something like that, just listen to your old pal AJ here. Examine yourself for unhealed wounds. What's making you know that that person's going to hurt you? Oh, and they might. I'm not saying that. The world is full of broken people that hurt people. But I'm not responsible for them. If they want to come and talk to me, I'll tell them the same thing. You're responsible for you. What's the unhealed wound that's propelling you to not trust and preact? before the situation. Was that good or what? That's worth coming for today, man. That's news to me too. That, that's not a kudos to me. He's got me on the floor about this one. So I want one last point. <clears throat> you know, I had a thought real quick. You got time for a bonus? One third of you said yes. So here you go. Y'all gonna get it. <laughs> um, it's not even that late, people. Jeez. Packers don't play until like eight. <laughs> so y'all don't care. Right, Kirk? They, they played Thursday. That was a trick. It's next week. Um, okay, so you ready for this? Have you ever wondered why? Don't, don't nod. You ever wondered why maybe the person you love, you ever wonder why everybody else gets the best to you, but it's really hard to love that person? Or why does everybody else get the best, best of him and her, but I, I seem to get the rest? Or are you ready for this? Now, nobody looking at anybody, nobody touched anybody with their elbows, but why is it that most folks, and, 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 and listen, God, God, is not, God does not come after divorced people. If that was church and beat you up, heal up from that, okay? This is not what I'm doing. But how come even when, when people, when things blow up, the, the person can then give a better version of themselves to the next person? That's what I'm trying to say. You get what I'm saying? So nobody's coming after divorced people, nothing like that. But I'm saying this. I know in my heart of hearts, if something happened between me and my wife, I'd be super nice to the next one. Come on, guys, really, just common sense. Why is that? Why? Why would I be so nice to the next person or so nice to all of y'all and you all get grace, but she doesn't? And I finally got an answer to it. Because there's this big book, this record of wrongs between us, propelling every interaction. That's all it is. Rachel and I don't have that book of wrongs between each other. We can be nice. We can go home to our spouse and you're the person who, 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 who. And I find it real hard to be nice to you after 11 years. But you remove that book of wrongs, right? That was just a bonus, y'all. And I got to be honest with you, that's kind of been my summer to realize, wow, I, I allowed this big record of wrongs to be between us and now there's this huge expanse. 
and I'm having a hard time being nice to you, but I'm nice to everybody else. What is that? Keep no record of wrongs, says the Bible. I'm quoting it, and now I see why. So I don't care if you're five years old or 18 or whatever. Keep no record of wrongs. It'll contaminate the whole thing. And then you think you got to get away from it. You just need to flush the record of wrongs, purify the water. Because you, oh man, all right. Young people, you're going to carry that same bucket of yuck in the next situation. You are. The same things that propelled that stuff to grow, unless you get that healed up, you'll do the same thing. Yeah, anyway, that's not a, this is not a lover marriage talk, but I feel like that was good. For, for some of y'all, if you're in a darker season with your spouse, there you go. Flush the record of wrongs. And by that, I mean get, let them out of prison. Acknowledge that you held it and you shouldn't have. And give it to God. Number three, the last thing, and we'll go home, is this. Do you know that we even preact to God? We do. We preact to God and we, and, and we react to him negatively. And you want to know why? This is my only point for, for this part of this is this, because we're holding on to a lie about him. Many of us in this room are holding on to a lie about God that is just not true. And it is uh, killing that. I told you before, the spider in our, in our lives is always a lie, we believe. And the webs are things we design to hold on to that lie. And a lot of us running around, we're cleaning cobwebs. We're great Christian cobweb people. Alcohol can be a cobweb. Oh, can't do that. Uh, I don't know, this other thing and this other crutch. And what they are is they're there and designed to protect a lie that you, you're hanging on to. And a lot of times, so, so we become good cobweb cleaners for the outside. But the inside is a lie that we're protecting and that we've shaped ourselves around and it's destroying us. We don't have time for that. That's a whole thing. It's actually a whole book by uh, Carlos Whitaker. But sometimes when we, we do something wrong or something like that, we distance ourselves from God. We won't look up. We push him away. That's because you're believing a lie that he's rigid, legalistic, or religious. And let me say this one time. And if you like me, you may stop liking me after I say this, and that's okay. God is the least, least religious being that was ever created, that ever was, is, and always will be. God has nothing to do with religion. Nothing. He is all about relationship from the first sentence in the book. Because you ask yourself, why did he create? There, there's your answer. Really, guys. And so if anything starts to distance us from creator God, I will give you a hint. Uncle AJ will tell you. It's because you're hanging on to a lie about him and you're reacting and preacting to God out of that lie. Do you follow that so far? I'm going to build a little bit more. Tragedy strikes. Hard things happen in your life, and instead of running to him, we pull back, or we accuse him. We put a finger in his chest and say, you're not doing your job. That's just a cobweb. That's not the problem. The actual spider is the lie that he isn't good because we see what happened. We call it not good. He let it happen. Therefore, he's not good. Boom. And we build ourselves around a lie. And so we start reacting to God out of a lie. And do you see where that's also pre-action? I don't trust you, God. I don't trust you. Why? Because there's unhealed wounds. Why? Because I felt like I had the right to indict you for what you did or didn't do. It's hard, right? It's hard. You think I want to get up here and talk about this? I can't tell you some of the conversations. I literally am not allowed to tell you some of the conversations I've had this week where I've got to tell people to move forward from devastating losses that you and I would all say are not good. Are not good. And not to be morbid, but when when oh man that is morbid but you know what life life i'm done polishing stuff when the casket is really small at the front of the church this is going to happen and i have to sit on the phone with someone and pray with them and go but buddy you've indicted god don't do it 
your only source of healing and getting you through things, you've pushed him away and labeled him not good because that wasn't good. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not calling you a sinner. I'm not doing that. I'm saying I love you, and he's the only one that's going to get you through this. Death begets death. Life begets life. Don't push the life giver away because of that. Really quickly, listen, I know I've given you a lot today and you're pretty much full. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We pay a lot of money to have these, all these messages online. I gave one a little while ago that says, um, why do you call me good? Really quickly, I know you're full, but I want you to be able to go back to this. Jesus is walking along and they say, good teacher. And he says, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God. Doesn't that, that's confusing, right? Is Jesus saying he's not good? I think, just my opinion, I'm nobody. I think Jesus was saying this, careful what you label good and bad. In fact, why don't you not label things good and bad? Because it's going to put you in a world of hurt. That which you label good, you will fight, kill, and destroy others to maintain. That which you label bad, you will run from a thousand miles, even if it's the one thing I'm doing in your life to draw you to me. Ooh. Oh, oh, okay. In your kids' lives? The things you're labeling bad, your grown kids, I don't want to look at anybody right now. Your grown kids that you would change and you're praying, God, stop it, stop it, stop it. God's going, you labeled that bad. It might be the one thing that I'm using to bring them to you. Because what is good? Good is the presence of God. What is bad? What is evil? The absence of God. How do you know what God's in and what he's not? You ready for this? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you're full. Good might actually be the presence of cancer. If that's true, as long as he's there and he's in that, then it can be good. Get it? But we're so busy labeling good and bad. You wonder why Jesus says, keep your finger off that button, buddy. Just look for me in your situations. If I, some of us oh, would, ready? Is infertility good or bad? Wait, really quickly. Look at Graceland. Now you tell me. Was that journey bad? Difficult, yeah. Gut-wrenching? Unfair? Maybe. Was it bad? Careful. Was it without God? No, it was not. God was there every step of the journey, so you by nature have to call it good because he is good. Do you understand that? Guys, I understand. Y'all can get a degree after this. This is some hard theology, high theology. But you know what? It's really useful when things get dark. In your darkest hour, if you can look and say you're here, then it is still good. Or they'll say this, it is well with my soul, won't they? Let's, let's get out of here. But I want to say this. I want you to, um, I want you to really examine your heart. The ultimate pre-action of God was Jonah. That's it. Really, read Jonah again. It's a short book. I, I fled because I knew you would. Whoa, 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 whoa. You preacted me. <laughs> Pre-action in the Bible, Kirk. Can you imagine? I knew this, not this, not that. Because you came at me with your arm up and you ran away, Jonah. That's why. Joseph's a very, very, very good story of um, keeping his eyes on good and it's actual and bad and it's actual. Because he says at the end, you meant this for bad, but all along it was good. That's what he's saying. Some of you are still wounded from even churchy people and you'd call it bad what they did. They may have meant it for evil, but God used it for good. You're here, and it knocks some religion off you. You stop looking at other people, and you're looking at him. I'd look back and call that good. That was a lot, Kirk. That's a tough message. Let's close it down, guys. React or respond. You make the choice. 
if you know notoriously your reactor changed some things. Reactor. That's funny. Did you hear that? Like a nuclear one? <laughs> that was just for Kurt. Oh, it's funny when it comes together, Donna. Okay, and the second thing is careful when you're with your pre-actions. If you're pre-acting, look around. Why don't you trust that person? Are there unhealed wounds? And then go get them healed. And number three, when it comes to you and God, if you find yourself reacting in a way that doesn't line up with his truth and what he says about himself, I think it's time to, uh, to give those wounds to God as well. So let's worship. Thanks for joining us online. Stick around. You can hear the song. Worship team, assemble. <laughs> uh, what are we singing, Bri? Nothing but the blood, because it all goes back to that. Yep, the straight-up worship tune, declaring it.